I'm Stephen, he's Chris, and this is Mobile Arcade Club, a show where we delve into Apple Arcade games new and old and share our thoughts and critique. Coming up on this episode, we take the sugarless runner game Populous Run through its paces. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Mobile Arcade Club. This week, Stephen and I are covering Populous Run by 52, who are based in Nizhny Novgorod in Russia, which we had to look up how to pronounce. I think we did okay there, Stephen. I hope so. Uh, if 52 happened to listen, let us know. <laughs> yes, any any Russian listeners as well, please feel free to, to let us know. Contact us on Twitter to see how our pronunciation is. But... We can fixate on the pronunciation of Nizhny Novgorod all we want, but we're here to talk about Populous Run, which it's quite the quirky little game. I like to liken it as a classic mobile auto runner with elements of Katamari Damacy. If any of our listeners have played that game or any of the Katamari series, Stephen, you're one who's played Katamari. I have. I didn't make that connection, but you're quite right. It's the, you know, you're running around getting gradually larger as you go and becoming larger changes the way that you play. So it's a pretty good comparison, I think. Yeah. So for those who haven't played either Katamari or Populous, uh, Katamari is a very quirky game to come out of Japan where you essentially roll around an object that sucks up other objects, making your large ball, or Katamari as it's known, even larger to the point where I think you end up turning the world or the whole universe into into this giant ball. Yeah, you become galaxy-sized at the end. I never got that far, but it gets out, kind of out of hand, let's say. Yeah, so to liken Katamari to Populous Run is that with your traditional auto-runner genre on mobile, which has been quite popular for a number of years, instead of playing just one character running on, on a screen, you're looking over their shoulder and trying to dodge obstacles and navigate courses from behind them. In Populous Run, you recruit other people to join you. So you end up sort of accumulating this mob of people running through this obstacle course and it becomes very chaotic and I think it's pretty well a given that you will lose plenty of people along the way because as soon as one person hits an obstacle, they're knocked out. So your giant crowd of 20-odd can be whittled down to five, maybe down to one, maybe down to zero very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. I definitely found that happening to me. And I think it's a pretty genius way of designing this game because it sort of ratchets up the challenge. The better you're doing at it by, by virtue of having more people in your group, the more difficult and unwieldy that group becomes to control. And so the more likely it is that you're going to, you know, just scrape some of the the outliers on the left or right. They're, oh, whoops, they just hit a fence. Whoops, whoopsie. <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, pretty genius in that it kind of adapts to how well you're playing by making it, you know, if you start getting more people, it becomes harder. And if it becomes too hard and you start losing people, it becomes easier because you've got fewer people to to sort of maneuver around it's really there yeah it's really quite genius i thought yeah and you sort of wonder okay well what's the point of gathering up a large group of people if it's just going to make life harder for myself but that feeds into populous runs challenges so being an auto runner it's not an endless runner like 
there have been quite a few popular ones on iOS and on mobile devices over the years. This one is based on discrete levels. So there's a distinct beginning and an end to each level. And within each level, there's the challenge of trying to retain at least five people by the, uh, the time of the, uh, the end or you know, the finish line, which, uh, especially as the levels go on, is much easier said than done. Yes, absolutely. I found, like, as you said before, it's very easy to just lose huge swaths of your group. Just, whoops, I ran into an obstacle and just it's sheared off. Hard of, half of this group is just off to the side now. And I, oh, whoops, I didn't mean to do that. But I don't mean to make it sound like oppressively difficult because it is very, very generous with it pretty well lets you restart at pretty regular checkpoints you will have all of the the full group that you had as you went through that checkpoint you don't lose anything by retrying i don't know if it affects your overall score by retrying but i'll say that i was at least able to beat a lot of the levels that i beat after having all of my entire group fall off and to their deaths down a little pit and do that over and over and over and over again and it still let me finish the level at least so yeah it's quite uh quite generous with with checkpoints and allowing you to make mistakes and not really punishing you for it. It is. But, Stephen, they don't die. They just fall off and fall into a big, sweet vat of sugary goodness because (laughs) everything in Populous Run is very very sweet, very confectionery-themed. There's all sorts of gumballs and donuts and lots of other projectiles being thrown at you throughout the courses that if you get hit by one, that's that person or that group of people sort of bounced off the course. Um, I'm not entirely sure it's ever explained why everything is all candy and sweet, sugary goodness, but it's it does make for a very striking aesthetic choice. It does commit very hard to its aesthetic, which is, you know, full props to 52. Yeah, well, I think the... I didn't get a huge amount of information as to why they went for that aesthetic, but the way that it's described on the App Store description is that it is a sugar-free running game. So I took this as a giant sort of a metaphor for getting a group of people together to try and, you know, become more fit, avoid sugary foods. They're all running, trying to run together. And being hit by a donut, I took as being, you know, falling off the train, as it were, and falling back into old sugary treat habits, I guess. And Oof, you know, we've, we've all been hit by a donut. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I get hit by a donut most weeks, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's maybe, maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Maybe this is exactly what they want me to think into it. But I liked the idea of, at the end, these are the people who were... It, it proves how difficult it is to stay on the train and how few people were able to get to the end while completely avoiding any sort of sugary things. But at the same time, it lets you keep trying again. There's no no need to give up if you fall off the train. You can just keep going. It's I like to think of it in that way. That's, that's my personal headcanon, at least. I like that interpretation. And I think it makes sense when you read the, the store listings saying, you know, it's a sugar-free running game. I'm not sure it's necessarily communicated as such in the game, but considering you have to go to the store page to download the game in the first place, it, it makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I dig it. I, I think it's pretty cool. But one thing that is quite intriguing about Populous Run's aesthetic choice with all the, the sugary sweet stuff is that not everything is, you know, 
bright rainbows and vivid colors all the time. In fact, for a lot of it, the colors are quite muted in terms mm. of the, the, the paths that you follow on the course and the people that you pick up along the way, aside from the, the secret characters that you can be challenged to go out of your way, recruit, and attempt to bring them back to the end safely. But what this does is when the sugary treats and that sort of stuff are thrown at you like the big gumballs and cupcakes and donuts that get in your way, they are depicted in a very bright and, and vivid sort of way, which does make that all the more striking. And it, from an aesthetic point, it looks great. Populous Run is a great-looking game, and I think they've nailed a really great, consistent art direction. But I think it's also a little bit of its undoing because... One thing I found is because a lot of the course, the the road you follow and some of the tunnels and slides that you have to go down in your auto running quest, because they are quite muted colors and some of it a little bit deliberately monotone in terms of the way that it's presented, I found that some of the obstacles, especially in the tunnels where there are gaps in the tunnels or there's sort of little uh, gates or little barriers that get in your way because they're all very similar colors they are quite difficult to spot until it's way too late and you smack right into them or you fall out of the tunnel but i think that's where we go back to the generous checkpoint system and how quickly how quick it is to go back and replay sections or replay a level that it sort of becomes a little bit of muscle memory but not always because the projectiles don't necessarily spawn in exactly the same spot. So there's still a little bit of spontaneity, but I would like a little bit more color contrast in some of those more natural obstacles in the, the road and paths that you follow, because sometimes, yeah, they can be a little bit difficult to pick up on. Yeah, I found exactly the same thing. It's, it's especially there are some points where you jump off of a jump off of a cliff and you have to there if you know what to look for there's a big target on the ground and you can land on there quite easily but I found the first time I encountered one of those I was like I don't really know where to land because both the the sugary abyss and the the like road that I'm actually meant to land on are quite similar similar in color and so I just kind of fell off until I noticed that target now I've worked that out that's something that I've learned but yeah I do think that it's very good that the you know the sugary treat obstacles are they just pop against the rest of the environment which is fantastic but they are just as much an obstacle as the little fences or you know the other more integrated parts of the level obstacles and they don't stand out it would be nice if they had a similar level of contrast because they pose a similar level of danger to your success yeah yeah indeed but I think that aside, we both really like the aesthetic of Populous Run, but that aesthetic extends beyond just the visual. It also extends to the audio as well. Populous I was hoping Run, you were going to come to this because yes. holy smokes. <laughs> yes, because Populous Run, its audio design, its music is phenomenal. It, it pops just as much as the vivid colours of the various confectionery and sweets that you come across. There's lots of sing-songing and musical flourishes in the menus, in the levels, and I, I won't go too much into this at this stage, but 
the the boss encounter for the first world or first section of levels that I came across. My goodness, that was a bop. I'm going to see if that's on Spotify or something somewhere. Or <laughs> Gosh, I suppose considering hope. considering we're on the Apple Apple Arcade, we should probably be spruiking Apple Music. But you know, we're, we're not paid or sponsored. <laughs> yeah, they don't but pay if, us if, enough if, to do that. If, if they want to, they can. <laughs> yeah, please. We're, we're open. Our door's open. But um, yeah, no, I, I was absolutely taken aback by how just inviting this game was to to look at yeah. to listen to it is one if you play this game with muted sound you are really missing out on half of what this game has to offer i feel some yeah. things as much as like almost every sign that you encounter in sort of the level select area or as you're going through levels will be sung so when telling mm. you you know use these buttons to avoid these obstacles it'll be like avoid the obstacles in the level and it'll be i don't know quite how to describe it but it just was unlike any other kind of game tutorial that i've ever encountered and i think for I don't know. I, I just did not walk into this game expecting such a level of just aesthetic polish through and through. It's really incredible. Yeah, there's there's a lot of vocal harmonies and, and that sort of thing to really affirm and reinforce a lot of the instructions and that sort of thing, as Stephen so delightfully uh, <laughs> sort of demonstrated for us. But the it, it's almost... Uh, while there's music behind it, it's almost sort of a cappella sort of stuff. Yes. Uh, but but because there is a little bit of music, I think that sort of makes that a bit of a redundant observation because a cappella sort of means there's not music, it's just voices. But, you know, there's... You <laughs> sort cappella style going vocals on top of a backing track, I guess. And I think yeah. it's really smart in that all of the... As you get this <coughs> larger and larger group of people, they'll all be making sounds reacting to their situations so that when everyone jumps they'll all they obviously they're not robots so they don't all jump at the exact same moment so you'll just hear these disparate sounds of all these various people going oof jumping up or as as one or more fall off you'll just hear them go ah. this is very every action has a very juicy look feel and sound i think you brought up juicy in a very early episode of this podcast describing an interface and this entire game is just very juicy very juicy indeed although the one thing with the audio design that i i was thankful that it didn't stick around for the entirety of the time that i played with it and i haven't played all the levels yet but i've played a decent chunk uh, is that every time returning from a, a level in the first section, it'd you know play a, you know a tune for that section, and then there'd be sort of this audio of "Ooh, running fast," and I I got <laughs> yep. I got to yeah I, I'd say that started to grate after a little bit, but the the second wave of levels after you do the first boss uh, doesn't play that refrain every time you return from a level. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do like it a lot, but just, just hearing it on repeat was a little bit much, but I think that's a, a pretty minor gripe considering how great the audio design is as a whole. And I think we've, we've noted this before across a lot of Apple Arcade games that a lot of them have great visuals, but the sound design for a lot of these games is absolutely phenomenal. And I think Populous Run is among the best 
as far as audio design is concerned. And it's such an interesting observation because I feel like a lot of mobile games are either designed to be played with musical podcasts in the background or designed to be played on mute, to be totally honest. Like a lot of them Mm. is something you'll play while you're waiting in line or those things that we used to do when we went outside and had to wait to do things. But like, yeah, so many of these games and, you know, um, Populous Run especially just really, I don't know that you need headphones. It'll be really nice with headphones, but please don't play it on mute. It's really, really quite something else. It really brings the whole package together. Yeah, I think you would get the most out of it with headphones because you'd then get the best depth and be able Mm. to pick up on a lot of the individual touches of the the music in particular. Uh, But, you know, with with a modern iPhone or iPad, the the inbuilt speakers are are pretty solid. Yeah, uh, they do the job. As as they are anyway, yeah. But I think the, the other main observation with Populous Run is that it's control input. So this is... You know, one of the many games, or I can't remember if it's a requirement or not. I always forget the sort of minute details of mm-hmm. what it takes to be on Apple Arcade. But this is gamepad compatible, so you can plug in your Xbox or PlayStation or relevant Bluetooth controller and play Populous Run, which I didn't do. For the most part, I tend to focus on sort of the, the native controls on the device that I'm playing on, which in my case is uh, an iPhone XR. Um, so that was with touch controls, and as with a lot of games with touch controls implement, it's sort of these virtual buttons on the screen. So the default setup on the iPhone was there are these two directional buttons, left and right, on the bottom left-hand side of the screen, and on the bottom right is a jump button to be able to navigate gaps and jump over obstacles and that sort of thing. And I thought it worked pretty well, for the most part, I do recognize Populous Run does deliberately enact a wonky, sort of clumsy uh, maneuverability, especially when you pick up a larger crowd of people to try and navigate these quite narrow courses. So it's not super easy to control to you know get everyone to safety, but that's that's a deliberate choice because mm-hmm. you know you try and you know, control a mob of 20 people through a, a tight space. You're not going to be able to do it. Uh, so I think similar to what we said a little while back with, um, oh, gosh, what was the sword game we, we covered? Uh, the Oh, sword slash quest? Yeah, some, something like that. Yeah, the, you know, the, the sword that couldn't slow down. Um, the one that kept getting bigger. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, so that... I remember we were saying about how while you're wielding a large sword, it becomes deliberately you know, a little bit sort of tricky to manoeuvre. So Populous Run uses some of the, the same sort of sensibility. And just prior to recording, we did liken some of it to the multiplayer game that was quite popular last year, Fall Guys. But I think it, it still... It still doesn't quite feel super great to control. And I think one of my little frustrations with Populous Run was that the, especially on an iPhone, so on a smaller screen than an iPad, obviously, was that the the left and right directional buttons felt like they were too close together. uh, So that, especially in the heat of the moment where you're having to react to things quite quickly or make quick turns or quick dodges left and right, 
that I found I was pressing the wrong direction in the heat of the moment because you quickly move your thumb, but you haven't moved it far enough or you've moved it too far and you've accidentally pressed the wrong direction. So I did a little bit of looking and there is some degree of customization and personalization with the touch controls, but most of that or pretty well all of that was relegated to various sliders and presets. Uh. So you can't customize it to sort of you can't arbitrarily place exactly. them on screen by the sounds of things. It has to be on a preset rather than I want my left button here, my right button here, wherever I choose to put them. Yeah, so like there are some some games that do this really well on mobile devices is that when you go into the options, you can sort of touch and drag the buttons to where exactly you want them to anchor on the screen. So I would have loved to have tapped on and dragged the directional buttons apart a little bit so there was a bigger gap between the two. Uh, so I, I I will concede, I don't know how much work needs to go in to implement something like that, but that's, for me, that would be on my wish list of you know some future sort of customization. So I'm, I'm curious, did, did you find some of the, the similar uh, sort of observations with the controls or did you find them to be pretty good? I found them to be pretty good for the most part. I did find very occasionally that exact same thing happening where I, in the heat of the moment, meant to move right and my thumb wasn't quite over just enough, so I ended up going left and everyone's just gone down to their sugary dooms. But I, I don't think it happened enough to truly bother me, and I, yeah, I didn't really have much problem with the controls. Uh, yeah, it was fairly fairly straightforward, fairly easy to do. I, I played it on an iPhone as well, so I don't know if things might have been a bit different on an iPad or probably even a controller. It, it didn't. It seemed like a game that wasn't quite complex enough for me to warrant getting out my controller, but maybe yeah. I should have given it a try because it would, even if it's not overly complex, just having those discrete left-right jump buttons that are impossible to mix up because it's just something I've got muscle memory of the last, what, 30-something years of, of using controllers. Maybe that would have helped things a little bit, but I don't know. At the same time, this definitely feels like a game that you grab out to play just on a whim. It's not something I'm, I'm not going to sit down for my evening gaming session at Populous Run. You might, but that's not how I'm going to be playing it. It's more of a just a quick wherever I happen to be, I'll play a level of it and put it away kind of game, which is a little bit less... A controller is a bit much commitment for that kind of game for me. I felt pretty similarly, and that also fed into why I didn't test it out with the controller as well, because because it is one of those pick-up-and-drop games you know, to play in, in brief sessions. It doesn't lend itself well to, okay, now I've got to put the phone in the, the game controller cradle little dock thing and set up the controller, you know, pair my controller to the phone again and try not to turn on my Xbox accidentally in the process. <laughs> so yep. uh, so that was, that was my th- sort of thought. But what I was hearing when you were saying about how you felt the controls were good for the most part, what I heard was Stephen saying that, oh, Chris, it's user error. You need to get good, uh, which I know is not what not you were saying. Not all Dark Souls Absolutely. players are like that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I felt that, 
Yeah, I I do recognise there's probably a bit of user error on my part because if anyone sees me attempting to type on an iPhone keyboard, they would probably <laughs> understand, okay, you are not very good at using a touchscreen, Chris. You've got a problem. You need to fix this yourself. Uh, so, yeah, I do recognise touch input is not uh, not something I'm a total whiz or master at but I, I would appreciate sort of an extra layer of customization with the controls because, you know, the, the more customization there is, the more accessible uh, games become for everyone else. So exactly, maybe there are other yeah. people with, you know, fat and indexterous thumbs like myself. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not to say I didn't make the mistakes. I think it leans back a little bit into we've talked about the generous checkpoint system quite a lot and yeah. that helped gloss over it becoming a bigger problem for me because when it happened mm. it meant I lost maybe 10 seconds of progress so it didn't really grate on me but I can definitely understand different different people will have different thresholds for frustration there and yours was a bit different to mine I guess yeah and as as we have mentioned in addition to to the checkpoints is that it sort of does feed into sort of the the challenge of trying to sort of um, what's, what's the word many, I'm thinking of to get as many of the people to the end. You sort of create a more challenging situation yeah, to, for yourself to, to sort of try, yeah to sort of try and herd you know a large group of people in a, in a small space. Yes. Uh, if you know, especially considering we're both in Australia, if anyone's you know seen footage of say like a, a border collie dog trying to herd a, a big big group of sheep, it's a it's a very long and drawn out process because it's it's very difficult to get a, a bunch of a bunch of things that don't have a lot going on upstairs in the brain department to to do what you want them to do. So populist run is a, a little bit similar to, to herding sheep in my very long winded and very stretch of an analogy. There's a quote for the box. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. But yeah, I think that pretty well sums up most of my thoughts on Populous Run. Was there anything else that you want to cover off on? Not particularly. I think I found as much as I really liked the aesthetic and how bouncy it just, it feels really great to play, but it wasn't a game that kept my attention for a long period of time. I found I didn't... I enjoyed it while I played it, but it wasn't the kind of game that I, you know, if I put it down, come back and a couple of hours later, I'm not thinking, oh, I can't wait to start playing this again. And I'm not quite sure why. I think the the clumsiness aesthetic was good to a point, but it, it was almost, gosh, to, to use an analogy that I have placed onto the game that might may or may not have been intended, it's... um. It almost felt like a sugar rush kind of game. It was great. I loved it while it was happening, but it didn't really, it's not a long lasting savoring taste. It's more of a, I enjoy it while it lasts and it then I am done with it, I guess. So it's not so much a, uh, you know, criticism of the game as such, but it's just something that for me personally, as much as I loved the, the aesthetic top to bottom and a lot of how the actual game side of it's designed, it just didn't hold my attention long term but that's just me i think it's the type of game that it is as well it's a sort of game where you dip in play a couple of levels or try and complete a series of challenges and then hop back out and i think i think anyone who comes across this game would have similar thoughts in that regards because 
it's one of those you know, simple to pick up, difficult to master games. Hmm. There's not a great deal of, of depth to the gameplay systems, deliberately so, because hmm. this is a game that's meant to pick up. You, know, you play it in brief sessions, come back to it later. And there's, there's a handful of levels there now, so you'd be... You know, you'd probably be able to get through the levels that are there right now pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But as with a lot of Apple Arcade games and mobile games for that matter, there are more levels coming. There's a sign at the end that says, you know, more more on the way or, or, or that sort of thing. So I think, you know, by the time we've had our fill of Populous run now, when the next update comes, we'll probably be ready to jump back in again. And I yeah. think that's perfectly fine. Yeah, absolutely. I think... I feel like we say this all the time, but it's one of the joys of this uh, Apple Arcade as as a subscription. It's different to a lot of other games focused subscriptions that I've had experience with just because a lot of the games are being continually built on over time. Say Game Pass, you get the game that you get and, you know, the games come and go. But here you have an ever expanding library and each individual game in the library itself is often ever expanding as well. It's really it sort of builds up this really interesting catalogue that itself grows over time, which is really quite unique. Indeed. So Populous Run, great art direction, great sound design, catchy little hook, if a little bit wonky at times, but a pretty dang good Apple Arcade game. So I'd say both of us would absolutely recommend you give it a go, especially if you played a lot of the auto runners, endless runners and that sort of stuff, which were quite popular in sort of, I'm going to say, the late 2000s, early 2010s on a lot of mobile devices. Sounds about right to me. Checks out. Yep, I'm I'm not fact-checking that. I'm definitively (laughs) right. Someone else can point that out. Which brings us to the end of episode 30 of the Mobile Arcade Club and the time where we talk about what we're going to play next, which the next game we're going to suss out is Sping by SMG Studio, a studio who we've covered before with, I think it's No Way Home. Uh, And Sping is an interesting one because it's spelt S-P exclamation mark N-G. So it's either Sping or Sp exclamation mark N-G or Sp N-G or (laughs) I think we were trying to figure out what it's exact pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, that, that so sounds pretty ways good. And who knows? I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess it's probably Sping, but it's fun to experiment. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, anyways, the the game that we believe currently known as Sping is a joyful game of flow and is self described as being like a stress ball for your brain. Which goodness knows we all need that right now. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm ready for something like that. I've got to say. Yeah, I've seen some footage of Sping and it looks real pretty and it looks exactly like the sort of flow-inducing game that it claims to be. So count me keen. Hell yeah, let's give it a go. Cool. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode of Mobile Arcade Club and we look forward to you all joining us next time to talk about Sping. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with friends to help more people find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at MArcadeClub. We're open to feedback or just to chat cool mobile games. You can follow Chris and myself on Twitter as well. Our handles are in the show notes. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. 